What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hey guys, quick programming note. Next week, I'm going to be taking a little break. Gotta get some Katie time in, but I will return the following week with a brand new episode of Creature Feature. Also, in this episode in the middle, Tom's audio had a little bit of an issue, but it gets better after about 15 minutes, so uh, sorry about that. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening, and Happy New Year! Please enjoy this very awesome metal episode. Welcome to Creature Feature, production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Dominion Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and today on the show, we're talking about real-life metalheads, or metal butts, I guess. These animals are literally metal, reinforcing their bodies with metallic armor. From spiders to snails to waspy tails, you don't want to find yourself on the bad side of these tough-as-nails critters. Discover this and more as we answer the age-old question, are figs vegan? Joining me today is friend of the show, friend of me, and host of many shows on the Gamefully Unemployed Network, Tom Ryman. Welcome! And at, at, at least as many parasites, probably more. Eh. I, I like to think of myself as a welcoming host of parasitic organisms. I, it's not a competition, right? Like, you know, we, we can both have... a ton of parasites well i mean now it is like now that you've said that oh. i feel like it is a competition well, so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go roll in some filth yeah uh, i'm gonna like play in a little through, dumpster I'm in my apartment complex get a m- microscope and pick through my eyelashes and count how many demodex i have in there eat my skin flake oh yeah i'm gonna go steal some pillowcases from a motel <laughs> Then I'll be the winner. <laughs> no, hey, thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah, you're you're very well. I I am actually in shock and disbelief. I haven't had you on before. 
Uh, we've tried. I, I know that there has been one or two occasions where the time difference yeah. was just like couldn't quite make it happen, but yeah, uh, making it happen now. You're, that's you're, pretty you're sweet. You're a slippery customer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a slippery uh, parasite. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> doesn't doesn't quite make sense, but we'll go with it. If you want it, your yeah. words, your words, not mine. Uh, Listen, it's early my time. Right. So. <laughs> so the parasites that actually make you function haven't woken up yet. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they're the, still they're still jet lagged. The brain worms that are really in control of the show, they're all still mm. drowsy, getting their little tiny cups of coffee inside your brain flesh. So, Tom, are you a fan of metal? Yeah, actually. Yeah, well, well, name a metal then. Thanks for asking. Name, name a metal if you're such a fan. Name a metal. Uh, I mean, you know, it's st- obviously Metallica. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were sort of right having their big comeback when I was uh, in middle school. Um, so that was like a big band for me, like just listening on like school trips or sports trips or whatever. Um, I got really, it's, um, I got really into, uh, the show Metalocalypse. Oh yeah, I actually really good. like legit. Yeah, good I really songs, like Brendan Small's music. Yeah, like he's like legitimately good. It's like actually um, good. Yeah, yeah, and you know, like Slayer. Yeah, stuff stuff like that. <laughs> I appreciate how, um, and it's it's actually more so my wife Marina than me. Uh, she's like really into it. Um, there's it's there's something really nerdy about it, like the yes. amount of math that's involved yeah. in playing really good metal. <laughs> Um. Yeah, it's really funny because it is to me. I mean, I when I was a kid, I used to love classical music, uh, so you could tell I was very, very popular as a child. Um, but as an adult, yeah, I do, I do like metal because of a lot of the classical elements to it. There's, it's a lot more melodically and harmonically complex than you know a lot of other music that is out. I mean, there's plenty of cool m- music genres. I'm not gonna gatekeep or anything, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it you is gatekeep a little. I I I am the keeper of the metal gate. Um, metal gate sounds like some kind of <laughs> some sort of scandal <laughs> involving scandal. mastodon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, I, I I think it's pretty cool. I I listen to a bit of the bit of the old dream theater. That's a that's always a fun time. But yeah, I I also I think. When I really got into it was like Metalocalypse, which is funny. Yeah. You know, it's it was this parody cartoon. It was the this is spinal tap, uh, except a cartoon. Yeah, genuinely genuinely kick ass music. Yeah. And there's like a, a appreciation for all the different metal bands that do like guest vocals and guest appearances on the shows and stuff. But I do love that it's just every episode is just really roasting this band. Yeah. For trying to be, you know, metal. Um, and just how stupid that looks. Yeah. It's like, what does it even mean? <laughs> like, yeah, which, which uh, I yeah, love. Great show. Let me just talk about that for an hour. <laughs> Someone gets impaled and they're like, that's that's super metal. But we're kind of that's sort of what we're going to talk about today, because we're talking about animals who have infused themselves with metal and they're literally metal. And when I say literally, it is in the literal sense of the word literal because they have metal in their bodies. So 
Spiders uh, already, we're, we're already metal, I think, once we start talking about spiders. Uh, and other flesh-eating arthropods like deer ticks or even fiber-shredding insects like leafcutter ants all have one thing in common. They're literal metalheads. So arthropods, invertebrates, that include spiders, ants, wasps, and more, often incorporate heavy metals into their fangs in order to strengthen their bite including manganese, zinc, and copper. And recently, physicists have been studying how these heavy metals help strengthen their fangs. So they like took all of these mandibles, stuck them under a microscope, and were like, yeah, it's pretty metal. There's a lot of metal oh, in there. I want to be that kind of scientist. I think it's really fitting that all of these animals you just mentioned are extremely metal. Yeah. Like, what's what's more metal than a spider? That's just, that's metal as hell. That's a Cannibal Corpse album cover come to yeah. life. Uh, and, like, wasps. Wasps do crazy things. Uh, like, like paralyze uh, the other animals and lay eggs in them and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's, they're all, like, the most over-the-top metal lyrics become creatures, basically. Right, exactly. It's like they're aware of it. They're aware of their own reputation. So, like, we got to ingest more metal so that we're even more metal. Right, right. Both, both literally and figuratively. Yeah, they, they they lean into it. So, research at the Pacific Northwest National Laboratory uh, and Oregon State looked at spider fangs and scorpion stingers as well as ant mandibles at the atomic level, which I love that they're just like, I got a jar of scorpion stingers and ant mandibles. <laughs> I'm doing going to go do some science with it. I like uh, that they're looking at it at the atomic level, too. They're like, no, no, no. We got to go deeper. Right, right. Really, really see what makes this scorpion stinger tick. Yeah. It's like, yep, that's a scorpion stinger, all right. Um, they found... Enhance? <laughs> they found that the heavy metals were interlaced among proteins into a very strong composite material that they call a heavy element biomaterial. And so it's basically like a protein metal alloy. So a fusion of like meat stuff and metal stuff that creates a sort of like armor that gives these insects and arthropods a huge mechanical advantage. So they can like puncture really hard materials. So if you're a deer tick and you want to bite a nice deer butt, Deer hide is actually pretty tough, so they need strong mandibles to be able to bite a deer uh, or like a leafcutter ant, like biting through a thick leaf. Like you're just a little guy. You're this tiny ant. You have these That's true, yeah. teeny tiny muscles. If, if, you're, if you're like ant size, like a leaf is like as thick as your fist. I never thought about that before. Yeah. That's like, that's like biting through a phone book. Yeah, exa <laughs> exactly. Which, have tried, uh, wouldn't recommend. A little pulpy, a little too yeah. fibrous. Mouth gets all sore. Yeah. Um, and then you don't have the numbers anymore. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I got to call I, a plumber. I, what? Exactly. <laughs> I was just about to make the exact joke. <laughs> Then I can't find the plumbers anywhere. Um, so they're like cyborgs? Yeah, they're like, sure. They're like sent from the future to destroy the past? I mean, it seems like they were sent from the past to chill out during the future. 
Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's, that's more chill. I like that version of the Terminator. Right, right. He's like, I am from the past, and now I am in the <laughs> I future. I came here to hang out. Yeah, it's like, I am from I'm the past, and now I am in the future. It's like, yeah, that is that is how time works. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he suddenly realizes it's not as impressive and just gets really mechanically depressed, like robo-depressed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought it was cooler than it was. I, in my head, it sounded a lot cooler, but I said it, and now I feel kind of dumb. Um, it's one of those dudes at a party that's like, if you think about it, we're all time travelers. <laughs> we're all on the planet spaceship Earth. Yeah, um, the time machine is, is Earth. Yeah, time. Yeah, wow. 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 Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, they are. I mean, you know. I guess if your definition of cyborg is has metal in in your body, then sure, yes. Well, well you said it's like a there was like a fiber mix of like yeah. flesh binding with metal. That sounds like a cyborg to me. It sounds very. I mean, it's almost cooler in a way than like cyborgs, right? Because a cyborg to me is half your face is flesh, and then you shove some electrodes on there and some diodes and a metal plate, maybe a metal eyeball. But like with this, it's like. At the at like basically molecular level, their proteins are interlaced with the metal oh, to create right. this biomaterial, this heavy element biomaterial, as they call it. So it's more like when Jeff Goldblum gets fused with the teleporter at the end of the fly. Right, right. <laughs> and he's just like starts vomiting nuts and bolts. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what happens. There's definitely vomiting in that scene. And then what's her name gives birth to a toaster. That was that was a good movie. <laughs> Gina Davis. Yeah, yeah, Gina rules. Davis. And she's like, oh my god, and it's like this toaster. Small appliance. <laughs> <laughs> toaster with Jeff Goldblum's hair. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, love that. <laughs> yeah. So arthropods aren't the only animals who have metal mouths. There are some animals who use iron to fortify their bitey parts. Famously, beaver teeth are infused with iron for strength, which give what? them... Yeah, it, that's what gives them these orangish yellow color. Like, if you've ever seen beaver teeth, they're kind of nasty looking. They're orange. And that's not because they're dirty, that they don't brush, which now I'm imagining... So a they beaver... do brush. Well, <laughs> I would love... I mean, in a way, because they're stripping bark all that time. That seems like that's, that's true. Gotta have some. It feels like, yeah, it feels like plaque would have trouble hanging on right. in that situation. I mean, like their teeth grow constantly and they wear them down. So I don't think plaque stands a chance. But yeah, the the iron rich plants they consume gives them the materials they need to build these iron infused teeth. And so it... I'm having like my mind is is being blown with this um so if you can eat stuff that's iron and like rich in iron and it's like literally iron yeah i mean we eat that's... we we also like incorporate iron in our bodies like maybe not yeah. to this extent but yeah when you eat when you like we need some of these metals in our diet i guess i never wow I mean, of course, obviously, like, why else would they call it iron? I just, it's one of those things that I just never thought about, I guess. Yeah. So until you're, until I learned that beavers eat enough of it, that it makes their teeth metal. I mean, like for us, <laughs> iron is used in our hemoglobin, 
It's like in our in our blood, our transport molecules for like oxygen involves iron. Uh, and so if you're sometimes people who don't have enough iron, it can actually cause a type of anemia. So like, yeah, we actually really depend on this metal. Sweet. Yeah. So in a way, we're all cyborgs. In a way, we're all cyborgs, which I think should unite us, you know? Honestly, yeah. Yeah, that's the new flesh. Beaver and human and yeah. and deer tick. <laughs> Walking together. All hand in hand, <laughs> skipping down the street. Wouldn't that be nice? The future is beavers and humans. I've seen it. <laughs> you know, beavers and humans do share some things in common. We both uh, are basically terraform things and uh, are alter it's the true. environment and we do bend the environment to our will right like <laughs> beavers true. create marshlands where there wasn't any <laughs> yeah. uh humans beavers really destroy ecosystems <laughs> that's true i mean <laughs> beavers are a little better uh than humans i would say like because they're like, like well, yeah because they're not driving they're not driving pickup trucks to the to the uh right. the, the beaver dam to do this right because so like carbon footprint smaller Right, because they're like, I made a marsh, and we're like, well, I made a Bed Bath & Beyond, so, you know. That's true, yeah. Less less fish can live in the Beth, Bed Bath & Beyond. Some, but not as many. Some, yeah. <laughs> but uh, in terms of the iron in the mouth, beavers are not the only one. Another animal... Which has perhaps my favorite name of all the animals in the world, called the wandering meatloaf. Have you heard of the wandering meatloaf? <laughs> I'm just <laughs> all I can think of is is meatloaf the singer looking for his car. Right. <laughs> That's all I can think of. I would do anything for my car. Yeah, I could find it anyway. But I won't eat. Iron? I don't know. Uh, Beavers. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the No, I've never heard of this animal. Sorry. The wandering meatloaf, also known as the gumboot chitin, which is also a goofy name. It's like, all right, wandering meatloaf is a little silly. Let's let's give it a more formal name, like the gumboot chitin. Chitin is shell, right? So that makes me think like it's like a bug or like a lobster or something. Lobster closer. So it is a mollusk who oh, okay. kind of looks like a loaf of meat. So if you want that first that first <laughs> link will uh that I, I can't wait to click on. Oh wow yeah, okay. Meat it loaf, does right? just look like a meatloaf. It yeah. does. Um so yeah, it's it's a mollusk, like a you know, a, like a sea snail, like um there's oh god, I forgot all the mollusks. <laughs> well, this one looks like the end of a crust of uh, 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 of bread. Yeah, it really. Like if you saw this in the water, you would not know that it was a creature. No, it just looks like no, trash. No, it looks. Yeah, it does. It looks like um or a fruit cake, an o an overbaked fruit cake that. You yeah. Know. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Fruit cake. Yeah, but yeah, they they are mollusks. They're related to snails. They're related to bivalves. <laughs> There Sorry, he looks like an awful Christmas present. That's what it looks like. <laughs> it's the one that you. Oh, thanks for the. Oh, great. Oh, good. No, he's an Titan. What I've yeah. always wanted. Um, marzipan. <laughs> marzipan can be good, but typically it's not. 
Um, right. And this thing looks like a total marzipan. It's <laughs> so, the little guy. It's It doesn't look delicious. Um, it's radula, uh, which is a tongue covered in teeth. So that's fun, right? A radula. That is radula. It's radula. Uh, <laughs> so it is fortified with iron-based minerals found in rocks, making them one of the hardest biomaterials produced by a living animal. Its tongue or the the teeth on its tongue. The t- I mean, the tongue and the teeth are one and the same. The same it's like, thing. It's, it's a tooth covered tongue, tongue. So yeah, the the teeth. I mean, I guess if you're getting technical, yes, the the teeth on the tongue are and... the ones that are the hardest bar bar material. Wow, I ate that one. The bar, hard- <laughs> bar material. Uh, the hardest biomaterial. The wandering meatloaf uses this iron rock tooth tongue to scrape algae off of rocks so it's got this tooth covered tongue the teeth got iron in it and it scrapes algae off of rocks that's pretty radula (laughs) all i can did you ever see that show channel zero i think it's called it's like an Uh anthology horror show and the first season one of the sort of monster in it was just this thing that was entirely covered in teeth and that's all i'm thinking oh yeah no i think i've seen pictures of that guy yeah 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 i mean you know that's basically kind of sharks they're covered in denticles which are technically not teeth but they're called like they they are tooth-like projections in their skin which Mm -hmm. are uh sharp actually and it's why like shark skin if you've ever pet a shark it's kind of rough yeah 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 sure and uh the the shark in jaws too uh rubs somebody uh the wrong way and it makes and they they get hurt by it so that's how i know that in jaws too that happens yeah wow they really tried there (laughs) didn't they a little bit (laughs) i think that's the only thing I think, the, I think I think the shark also roars and eats a helicopter. Oh. In that one. So don't like let don't throw too much praise. A little, like... a little less scientific on the roaring part, and also the helicopter. Well, how low was the helicopter? It was and one how... of those sea helicopters. Mm. Also, uh, the, the guy, the yeah, guy one of those sea helicopters. A... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's like the little things you can land it on water. It's like a coast guard. A pontoon helicopter. helicopter. Yeah, yeah. Is that a thing? Really? A John boat helicopter. Hmm. And the, the dude flying it had a real 70s uh, neck beard. So nice. maybe that contributed to it. Well, yeah. maybe the shark's just policing sort of uh, hairstyles. And I can't blame it for that. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, so teeth covered tongue, uh, tooth like projection covered skin. It exists. Your nightmares are real. Cool. I always suspected that they were. Yeah. <laughs> Like, my mom would tell me otherwise, but I knew. No. <laughs> yeah, it's like, don't worry. Like, you know, tooth-covered animal. Like, a wandering meatloaf with a tooth tongue doesn't exist. It's like, oh, no, it, it doesn't exist very much. Yes. <laughs> I was one of those kids that would get scared of real things. Mm. <laughs> like, like war and serial killers. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's very so perspicacious. Like, like that's very... So like, you couldn't, you couldn't really... Like, I couldn't be comforted by, like, there's no such thing as... there's no such thing as war (laughs) that's absurd yeah i was my number one fear was death so that was a tough one for my parents i yep i had that i had that middle of the night conversation as well 
<laughs> yeah, where it's like, I'm afraid of dying. And they're like, oh, sweetie, you're not going to die. It's like, I'm afraid of you dying. Um, probably <laughs> won't happen. <laughs> right, right. It's like waking my mom up in the middle of the night. I'm scared of death. I'm scared oh, of the inevitability die. of death. <laughs> yeah. What does it's it all mean? It's relentlessly coming towards me. Yeah. Uh, and I would I would be like, I would express this thing of like, well, like, if death happens at some point, what are we doing? And my parents are just like, oh, sweetie, you know, just live every day. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what like what else could you say, honestly? But no, like... <laughs> there was. I mean, they definitely they got me treatment for my crippling anxiety. But what you say in the moment is just like. Hey, little little guy, don't worry about it. You're not going to die anytime soon. Well, how do you know? I Probably don't. Probably not going to die anytime soon, but nobody knows. That's the fun of it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, what you want for Christmas, little scumpers? <laughs> Is Santa going to die? No, Santa's not real. Oh, um... Santa's a concept, and uh, he will only die uh, once there is the heat death of the universe. Yay! Snag a job is where America goes to hire, with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. So we've talked about metal metal mouths, mouths with metals, uh, mm-hmm. tongues with teeth that are made out of metal, which is fun. And uh, now we're going to talk about metal feet. So... Uh, let's talk about the scaly-footed snail, which is a very wild-looking snail. Uh, if you it, would be so yeah, kind, click on that. Yeah, I'm clicking on the link right now because I got to see what a snail with feet looks like. Well, I got some news oh. for you. <laughs> <laughs> it looks terrible. <laughs> I got news for you. All snails have a foot. Uh, it's just that flat part. Like when you when you look at the snail and it's got just that flat part you see on the snail, it's just called its foot. And imagine that. Yeah. Your foot being three quarters the length of your body. Yeah. Well, you know, imagine your body being inside a like that's true. Shell you grow <laughs> and your eyeballs. Many other concepts to wrestle with a snail. <laughs> So they are, they definitely look like they are prepared to go to war um, and murder. A specific kind of war, though. There's a war against things that are, uh, that they can just kind of walk over. Yeah. Yeah. Like. The kicking war. Yes. Yeah, a sort of slow, gooshing over you war. 
but yeah, like they, they are. What it, it looks kind of like a koosh ball. A co- yeah, they do look like koosh balls. They are, um, they grow around two inches or five centimeters long, but they're not. Okay, so I can still defeat it if I need to. You could, yes. Uh, despite their relatively small size, they look extremely well protected because it looks like, I mean, have you seen like acrylic nails? Yeah. It looks like a bunch of very tiny acrylic nails all sort of stacked together on their around, you know, all Yeah, around, like but... this is this is like a specific phobia, I think. Right. That some people probably have is 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 contained entirely on this creature's foot. Right, like a bunch of finger like we talked about things covered in teeth, teeth like mm-hmm. things, and these are covered in like fingernail like projections. Does anything eat this snail? Because I gotta feel like if I was a, a predator uh, in this thing's sort of weight class, I'd look at the snail and be like, mm, "That's not worth it. That looks like you too know, much work." There may be, but I think they are quite difficult to uh, make a snack of because they of, look like it. Yeah, uh, there there may in fact be a predator that manages to sort of like you know knock them over and try to get at them from the underside but it's it's a challenge for sure first of all where it lives it is a very tough area one of the toughest environments in the world they live near hydrothermal vents so it can face temperatures of up to 750 degrees fahrenheit or 400 degrees celsius so you know it's not it's not the easiest place to live. Yeah, that's true. Man, these things look gnarly. They're super gnarly. So that foot, that fleshy appendage on the bottom of the snails is covered in hard scales. And they come in a variety of fun exterior colors like black, brown, gold, and white. While their fleshy insides are usually a dark reddish color. Um, they yeah, look- they look they look kind of collectible. Yes. <laughs> There's they like, look like little spiky hummels. Got, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like I got the golden scale, yeah. <laughs> scaly footed snails. Um, and so actually, put these things on eBay. <laughs> the different colors are interesting because they are due to the different chemical compositions of the hydrothermal vents the snails live by and which compounds they absorb. So. It, it you can like tell which hydrothermal vent they live by by the color that the snail is. Does each vent have its own like color? Is that how they? Is that how scientists track them? Yeah, that's I mean, the green I, vent. I th- <laughs> I mean they I think that they track it by the chemical compositions, but probably the same reason that these snails are these different colors. You do see there's probably some of those colors involved in, around that hydrothermal vent as well. Um, although I do like the idea that the vent is just like spewing like exactly the same color. It might yeah, be like similar. The... <laughs> it's like somebody getting slimed at the kids' choice awards <laughs> down there. Just this jet of green <laughs> constantly. So due to their incredibly scaly appearance, they are also called the sea pangolin. Uh pangolins are that mammal that have those sort of large scales they kind of look like living pine cones mm-hmm. it's it still feels like a bit of a deep cut because it's like you know how many right. pe- like you're like it's like already an obscure animal right and you're, you're comparing it to another obscure animal you're like yes yeah, just imagine this deep sea hydrothermal vent snail like the pangolin and 
you know. Everyone's fami- favorite familiar animal. Exactly. The <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the reason these are metal, it's not just because of how they look, where they look like, you know, death pine cones. It's that they are able to use the iron sulfide spewing out of the vents and incorporate it into their tough shells and scales. And it's the only known animal in the world to use iron in its skeleton, or in this case, exoskeleton. Hmm. They can also use pyrite and gregite, which just sounds like some guy named Greg discovered this. And it was like, uh, yeah, this is gregite now. That's gregite. I found it. It's gregite. <laughs> Every time somebody looks at gregite, they're going to think of this face. Greg's right. face. <laughs> This is Greg's Rock. Don't nobody forget it. <laughs> so, yeah, they use pyrite and gregite in building their shells, uh, the latter of which actually makes them magnetic. So Greg, uh, Greg's Rock is also magnetic, I guess, which is cool. That's pretty sweet. That's yeah. A good rock. It's a good rock to have your name on. Yeah. Uh, I like that they are magnetic, so you could, like, take one and kind of, like, stick it on your fridge. I yeah. wouldn't be happy about it. For sure. I could use it to hang up my artwork mm-hmm. and my math tests. Your drawing of... My uh, drawings. <laughs> your your little drawings. The um, drawings of, of Meatloaf looking for his car. Mm-hmm. It's, like you're, it's like you just draw sort of a brown cube and it's like, well, what is this? It's like, you know, the wandering Meatloaf. Okay. Yeah, you guys know. <laughs> it's like the pangolin. You guys know. You guys know. Um. In order to survive near the vents and obtain nutrients, they rely on a symbiotic relationship with bacteria who are able to do chemosynthesis uh, because it is very hard to find nutrients down there. A lot of it is stuff that is basically inorganic, like it can't be eaten by a typical animal. Well, not with that attitude. (laughs) I know. If you really put your mind to it, you can huff a hydrothermal vent. Um, But yeah, the bacteria can do chemosynthesis. They can break down these chemicals and their byproduct can be eaten, used as nutrients by the uh, snails uh, and other life forms. So that you can actually form these food chains down near the hydrothermal vent. And it's all thanks to essentially like bacteria often living inside of these animals. That is wacky. It's something I thought of earlier when you mentioned there's probably some predator that's like developed or evolved specifically to eat this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just generally, it's a crazy where like life will just, like life is so freaking stubborn, I guess, or it'll form in like next to volcanic vents at the bottom of the ocean. Like what, why? Go find something, go find someplace else that's easier to live in. They're like, nope, this is our spot. We're going to make this work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that, I guess from what I can tell, the predators of the snail are things like crabs and venomous snails. So, uh, yeah, it's just like if they can like puncture through their weird scaly exterior they can get at that nice, soft, squishy meat. Probably delicious. Mm. I don't know. I feel like it would have a piquant uh, taste due to all of the chemicals and bacteria. <laughs> right. All the volcanic metals. Right. And bacteria. 
All the iron sulfide. <laughs> Tastes kind of radioactive. <laughs> Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. So, Tom, earlier you were mentioning wasps, which I thought was very interesting because you were foreshadowing uh, what we're going to talk about later, and you didn't even know it. <laughs> very interesting because you are a wasp. Many people don't know this. <laughs> <clears throat> so, we're going to talk about a parasitoid wasp uh, called Apocrypta who is very picky about the nursery she chooses for her young. So sure. That's you, something you, you want to be choosy about. I mean, yeah, you know, like, you can't just be up any random animal's butt. Um, so uh, you had mentioned, like, there are, oh, there are these wasps that will, like, lay eggs on things and paralyze them, and that is true. There's, like, the tarantula hawk, which is a, a parasitoid wasp that... Uh, uses like uses tarantulas as a host and it's really terrifying and <laughs> and it's the most metal thing probably in the animal kingdom <laughs> indeed and this is a similar wasp and it's metal in multiple ways so the there is another wasp so there's the wasp that we're ultimately going to talk about the apocrypta but let's pull, put a pin in that wasp and then talk about another wasp so sure the fig wasp uh, lays its larva inside a budding fig. Uh, fig wasps come in many different species. They are teeny, teeny, tiny. They're around two millimeters big. They are smaller than an ant. In fact, they can be eaten by ants. So they're, they're the world's cutest wasps, I'm going to say. <laughs> in figs. <laughs> Imagine getting one of those figs. <laughs> I mean, wait for it. Uh, so it's like the worst kinder egg. I mean, you may, if you eat the species of figs that these wasps, uh, are all about, there's a very good chance you've eaten wasp and not even known it. So sweet. There are gull wasps. So this means that it lays its eggs in the flesh of a plant and the plant is induced to form a a gall, which is a kind of round cyst, which protects and nourishes the larva. In the case of fig wasps, the females will actually squeeze their way into the opening of an immature fig, lay her eggs, and often die in the process because she's like squeezing through this very tiny opening uh, and she'll like lose her wings. She's just like 
dragging herself in and parts of her are just like coming off as she's dragging herself through this fig. Um, and then she lays her eggs and then she's just like, all right, I give up and dies. <laughs> I mean, who among us <laughs> wouldn't get to the end of that ordeal and just be like, you know what? I'm done. Yeah. This, this, this fig is my tomb. Yeah. And it is like, also her- I don't eat figs anymore. <laughs> well, her body simply remains and is actually absorbed by the fruit so if you eat mm. a species of fig pollinated by these wasp species, you may also be eating dead wasp jelly, essentially. It's just like gets sort of absorbed into the fig. Actually, you know, the only fig I've ever actually eaten is the fig in a Fig Newton. And, you know, that's processed foods. So there's right. probably other insects in there oh, as well. Oh, absolutely. There's probably more like... More insects. <laughs> more insects than that. So I don't know what I'm getting on my high horse about with these figs. <laughs> but again, like I've never eaten a wasp before. These are so tiny. They're like smaller than an ant. So, I mean, like, I'm not so fussed if I eat an ant. So I, I That's true. I'll still eat figs. So th- these types of fig wasps actually do help the fig because they are pollinating the fig plant. And so the relationship between the fig and the wasp can be described as mutualism, The wasp gets a nutritious nursery for its young. It gets a great tomb to die in. I I was going to say, it could be a little more mutual. (laughs) Like, the fig could get a bigger door. (laughs) Uh, And the, well, but because the door is so small, it protects her young from potential predators. Uh, And then the fig gets that sweet, sweet pollination. Um, and you live by the fig, you die by the fig. Exactly. Uh, it is, it's the code, the code of the wasp. So the <laughs> fig is targeted by multiple pollinator wasps. And so once inside the fig, the newly hatched wasps can actually mate with one another. Like they just, they're like, they're in there and they're having a good time. Um, and once they are done having an orgy inside the fig, the male wasps will actually start to chew their way out of the plant. And apparently this whole ordeal of chewing out of the plant is so hard. They just die. And the females will literally (laughs) use them as a doormat on their way out of the fig. What what a life. Incredible, right? (laughs) You die climbing into this fig, lay the eggs, all of the half of the eggs hatch and just die trying to chew their way out. And the other half that do get out will just die flying into different figs. <laughs> Again, live by the fig, die by the fig, exactly. I think is very, man, is perfect. Um, hardcore. Uh, there are other types of fig wasps who aren't so mutualistic with the fig. Uh, instead of climbing inside and dying like a chump, they inject their larvae into the flesh of the plant with a long ovipositor. So an ovipositor is like this long syringe uh, that insects will or arthropods will use to lay eggs. Uh, they can sometimes even um, uh, use other wasps' galls in order to place their own eggs without even pollinating the plant. So this brings us to Apocrypta, the Apocrypta wasp genus, who are a bunch of species of wasps who have a very fierce-looking needle coming off their butt. Uh, And this thing looks like a stinger, like this really long, menacing stinger, but Mm -hmm. it is an ovipositor. 
Um, it, it lays eggs, and yet it is actually extremely menacing. So <laughs> it can be over twice the length of the wasp's body. Yeah, they can't bring it onto an airplane. No. <laughs> Uh, and it has to be, yeah, so it's like, it's like, it's huge. It's like way over twice the length of the wasp's body. And it has to be this long to be able to pierce the thick flesh of a fig and to find its target. And it's also very thin. So it's very long and thin. It's like a fifth the diameter of the average human hair. And it is highly flexible. And so for something like this to actually be able to like drill into a fig, it has to be really extremely tough because it is so tiny. So to be tough enough for the job, some species of these wasps have been found to have metal in their ovipositors. So researchers at the Indian Institute of Science in Bangalore found that the wasp syringe tip is plated in zinc to keep it sturdy and durable. And when you look at like microscopic images of it, it really looks very like a tool of torture. Uh, it, <laughs> it's like it's you look at it under a microscope and it's literally just taped a switchblade to the end of its <laughs> I mean, it, you're not too far from the truth. So uh, the ovipositor drills into the flesh of the fig with these two teeny tiny sharp zinc enforced serrated blades which move back and forth again, like together to like sort of stab walk into the flesh of the fig. And this allows the wasp to slowly, sometimes it takes them up to an hour, uh, stab their way through the tough, unripe fig. It's my favorite form of exercise is a nice <laughs> brisk stab walk. Stab walk. <laughs> that's how that's how like Freddie and Jason like get their get their exercise, you know? Yeah, yeah. How, how gotta you get that cardio. <laughs> gotta get that cardio, you know? Um, and <laughs> I would love that, like, sort of, you know, how, like, celebrities will release their, like, workout tapes, like, working yeah. out <laughs> with uh, with Jason. 12 machete, 12 machete swings, three reps. Right, right. We have fun here, but it's all about <laughs> health as he's stabbing a teenager. Um, so... There is also some research that suggests that certain apocryptus species can use their metal butt syringe also as a nose to sniff out where the larvae of other wasps live so they can lay their eggs on a pollinator wasp's larva where her young will eat the other babies. And uh, yeah, so it's like they've got this like ovipositor that's sensitive to carbon dioxide. And so it may actually be able to like detect the breathing of these other babies and then like drill down with its metal plated tip and then deposit the egg on these other larvae and then that egg hatches and matures more quickly and then eats these other so, larvae. So this this is kind of the this wasp is kind of the scumbag wasp. Yeah. That's, that's the vibe I'm getting. Pretty much. Scummy little wasp. I mean the <laughs> you can really like the difference in sort of Lifestyles is quite stark where you have these wasps that are quite uh, self-punishing where it's like, I'm going to squeeze myself to death into this fig, lay my eggs, die. My offspring uh, will go find other newly hatched wasps inside the fig and then the males will like become dead doormats for the females who themselves go out 
only to squeeze themselves into a fig and dies. And then this other one's like, I'm going to stab this fig. I'll find your baby. Stab that too. And then my baby will eat your baby. Yeah, it's way less work, man. You should try it my way. I kind of imagine <laughs> these like other wasps with their with their SUVs driving around with a bumper sticker of like, my child would eat your child. Yeah, my child ate your child. <laughs> Well, before we go, Tom, we got to play a little game. It's called the Mystery Animal Sound Game. Uh, Every (laughs) week, I pick a mystery animal sound, and you, the listener, and you, the guest, try to guess who is squawking. So, uh, last week's mystery animal sound hint was this. Up, up, up. I messed up. Sorry. The... (laughs) Last week's mystery animal sound hint was, this is one cool chick. Okay. Uh, so, Tom, who do you think is squawking there? A uh, baby penguin? You are correct. Whee! That is absolutely <laughs> right. It is a baby emperor penguin. Congratulations to Auntie B, Ozzy, and Jen W, who all guessed correctly the fastest. Baby penguins will make this sound to get their parents to feed them freshly regurgitated fish. A baby's That's the sound favorite I treat. make mm-hmm. when I want my my dad to vomit fish sticks into my face. <laughs> Just how you like them, so you don't have yeah, to chew. I like them the way I like them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Look, you know, you know what you like. So baby penguins must survive extreme frigid temperatures and are covered in a fluffy down that helps trap heat. Emperor penguins huddle for warmth in large colonies. The gentle pushing and shoving in the huddle creates a wave of penguin bodies and a rotation which allows penguins to cycle through being in the toasty center, giving everyone a chance to warm up. So it's basically... A fluffy cyclone of penguins all managing to sort of whirlpool into the center and then getting shoved out. It's like a mosh pit, but like a cuddly mosh pit. Oh, I want to be in a mosh pit with baby penguins. Me too, man. I'd dominate. (laughs) (laughs) I'd just kick those penguins. Yeah. (laughs) Swinging my wallet chain around. (laughs) Um, Anyway. Incredible. No, uh, Happy feet very, three. Very, very cute, yeah. <laughs> Tom goes to Penguin Mosh Pit, parentheses, and he wins. Yeah, man. <laughs> Dominate those penguins. And been, I've never been more sure of anything in my life. Would not be hard to dominate baby penguins. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to tap dance. Mm-hmm. This cute little, like, Elijah Woods penguin tap and dance, and Tom just, like, Kicks them, punts them right into the water. Listen, man, it's how I do. I mean, apparently, when you, when you feel when you start feeling that music, when you start feeling the music, you start kicking a penguin. You, you start know? kicking penguins. <laughs> um, Don't so kick penguins. Said, now we're this is all in jest. It's uh, all in jest. If anyone like took us seriously and was like bought plane tickets to go to the Arctic, <laughs> to the go Antarctic, beat up some penguins. Like, well, I gotta go down in the Antarctic, beat up some emperor penguins. Don't do it. No, you spent a lot of way too much money on this bit. If you did that. <laughs> um. So you said that was last week's clue. That is, and now we're going on to this week's mystery animal sound. Here is the hint. 
It's as if this little guy has stolen the voice of another animal. Huh. Is it a parrot? Interesting. That's a no. <laughs> Any guesses? I'm trying to think. You said stolen the voice of another animal. Mm -hmm. Um, I already said parrot. Uh, I don't know, man. What else mimics? I don't have a deep enough knowledge of uh of animals. Wait, you um, don't? Why did I have you on this podcast? I truly don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't study for the quiz, and you're not wearing pants. <laughs> well, that's just my normal Sunday. Mm. Um, I don't know. Uh, is it a, is it is it some kind of is it something like I, something in my mind is being like, oh, it's probably something scary that's like trying to sound like it's cute. Mm. I don't know why my brain is thinking that. I guess because because of the episode we just had. <laughs> uh, if it, so, it's some, I'm just thinking it's like some kind of horrible bug <laughs> that's like trying to trick things. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I don't know. I, Interesting. Uh, I'm not going to tell you uh, because you'll have to find out on next week's episode of Creature Feature. That's Aww. how I get you. That's how I get you. Mm, that's how you get the the uh, stab walk hooks in. <laughs> that's how I stab people with my ovipositor. That's I should go. Sense. I should go to jail for saying that. Um, <laughs> Uh, Tom, I almost said I almost said that, and that's why I stopped. Right, you didn't want to go to jail. It's gonna sound a little weird if I said that. I feel like, and I don't know if you could hear it, but in the background, I just heard like a carabinieri uh, siren, and it's like, well, there I go, going to yep. Italy jail. Yep, they heard me. They, they heard, heard me say ovipositor. <laughs> well, Tom, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, yeah, no, thanks for having me on. This hey, is fun. Can you tell the people where they can find you? Sure. Uh, I have a Patreon. Uh, it's a podcast network that I co-host with my buddy Dave Bell. We're both uh, ex-crack folks like Katie. Uh, that's patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed. Uh, we do all sorts of shows and stuff over there with a bunch of other uh, of our friends. So uh, give that a listen. Do it. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> it's very good. Sometimes I'm <laughs> on there and I like to absolutely derail their show and it's very funny. I appreciate... Oh, yeah. You didn't return the favor. It was very nice of you. I think it would have been worse if Dave had been here, too. <laughs> the episode would have been twice as long. <laughs> we make a game out of it on, like, Alex's show. Yeah. We oh, try to derail Alex. it as much as we can. <laughs> but, yeah, this is a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was great to have you on. Um, and, hey, people, if you think you know the answer to the Mystery Animal Sound game or you have a question or you want to show me pictures of your wandering meatloaf. Wait, no, don't do that. That is not an invitation. <laughs> no. That, the sirens are starting up again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm going to jail for two times. Um no, you can email me at creaturefeaturepod at gmail.com. Please don't send me emails of your wandering meatloaf. I don't want to see it. Um, but yes, question, yes to questions, yes to cats or dogs, and yes to answers to the Mystery Animal Sound game. 
Um, thank you so much for listening. If you leave a rating or review, I, I will be eternally grateful. I'll print it out, rub it all over my face, chew on it. Just mm-hmm. really, you know what I mean? Just, really bite into it like a phone book. Right, exactly. Take a big old bite out of it, uh, you know, with my big old metal teeth. And thanks to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song, Exolumina. Creature Features, a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or hey, guess what? Wherever you listen to your favorite shows, even if you shove your face against a wandering meatloaf, and that's how you do it, I don't, I don't care. I don't judge. See you next Wednesday. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.